Here we go. It is a DC Sports Huddle. It's sponsored by MGM National Harbor. Time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. You probably know the panel by now uh, because we've been convicted of so many wrong ideas, but I'll introduce them anyway. I'm Dave Johnson with Rob Woodford, Dave Preston, George Wallace. We try to solve the commander's problems each and every week. We'll get to that in a moment. We still haven't gotten it right, so we're, we're going to keep doing this until we get that right. But we'll start with, uh, am I allowed to say it, March Madness? Because yeah, the NCAA, I, yeah, I double-checked with the bosses. We can say March Madness. We just can't use the music. We just can't use the music. <laughs> but hum along if you're playing along at home. So, uh, and again, please keep checking out WTLP.com. I've been having fun with a lot of the bracket-racket conversations with uh, Dave Preston. And he's got the stuff there on WTLP.com. And I'll just start with this thought. I, I'm a little anxious because I really feel this year uh, just not that excited about the tournament because of the lack of local teams. And my point I'm going to make here is this is not a college football area. Why is that? Because we've never had uh, a a consistent competitive college uh, team on the national stage. The closest we came in my lifetime was Bobby Ross when he started to get things going at Maryland in the 80s. And unfortunately, that all went apart as uh, the the tragedy to Len Bias just really – split apart the entire Maryland athletic program. What concerns me now is I think at, at some point we're going to have to, in the next five years, get Maryland back on track, get Georgetown back on track. Otherwise what, what once was a great college basketball area will we'll start the, the fade. Just, just a thought that I'm throwing out there that it, it, it's something I noticed today. And that's not to take away from Farmville and the Longwood Lancer story. That's a great story. And we expand the region. I understand Richmond and everything else, but I'm just concerned now that we're going through this in, in inside the Beltway drought that the longer it lasts, it almost will become like the new generation of Washington football fans who will wonder what the big deal is all about. With that, we begin the discussion about the madness that started now that I've depressed everybody. <laughs> well, you know, to, to, to chime in on that, Dave, I think we look forward uh, beyond the tournament, a huge hire pending for the University of Maryland. Mark Turgeon stepping down in December. They've got to get this hire right. They've got to get the right guy in place. And who knows who that person might be? Do they go for an, a, a high-level assistant who has head coaching experience in in the college level, or do they kick the tires on somebody from a mid-major like a Mike Rhodes at VCU or a Martin Inglesbury at, uh, at at Delaware, or or do they you know maybe try for a reclamation project? Who knows? But they've got to make a correct hire. George Washington got rid of their coach Jamie and Christian earlier this week. Second straight time they've given a guy three years on the job. That job has always been an attractive position. Guys have won there in the past. Mike Lonergan took them to the NIT. Carl Hobbs took them to the NCAA tournament. Mike Jarvis, way back when, had them winning. But when you see two quick triggers on moving on from coaches, who is going to want that job who doesn't necessarily need that job as far as they have other options. If there's a guy at uh, a good uh, mid-major or one-bid league, is he going to want to come to a George Washington where they're gassing guys after three years? I don't think so. Also, we have to figure out what's going to happen with Georgetown. Patrick Ewing reportedly changing around his staff. Louis Orr stays, but in a different role, he's going to move some pieces around. They have to retain guys at Georgetown. He's had really good classes, but those guys have transferred after one or two years. It's akin to building a sandcastle during high tide you can't sustain it. So Georgetown has to figure out what they're doing under Patrick Ewing. So that's what we've got presently as far as local teams in the area. I do like what George Mason is doing under first-year coach Kim English. I think their best days are ahead. 
And I think uh, Howard under uh, Kenny Blakeney, their best years are ahead. They had their first winning season in 20 years. So you've got some bright spots in and around the Beltway. But there are, as you mentioned, some major questions with George Washington, with Maryland, and with Georgetown. And those are three schools that we've relied on for success, at least for the last, what, 50 years, as far as being really competitive and have really made this a great college basketball town. Looking at the tournament, a lot of fun. I'll uh, let you dive into the tournament because I've had the floor for way too long, Jim. <laughs> no, but but by the way, read Dave's stuff. You've convinced oh, me, Richmond. This is, this is Dave's wheelhouse, man. This is Dave's episode. Yes, no, <laughs> no, but it, it, because of that, Dave's convinced me Richmond is going to pull the upset on Iowa. So that's I'm just going to throw my spoiler out there right now. He's got me believing in Richmond uh, because what would you tell me, Dave? They have a, a six-year senior. Any team that has a six-year senior in a day when 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 people players only stay for one year. I'm rooting for the team with a six-year senior. It's like remember George Mason had the player way back in. The great run. What was the guy that was like 26 years old? He served. Guy Lewis? Blair? Uh, you know, no. Uh, no, no. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I want to say his first name is George. This is terrible. I should come prepared. Long time ago. No, I think yep. what's, what's funny is that even Richmond is in on the joke about how old these guys are. Uh, with, uh, Coach uh, Chris Mooney was asked about their last Sweet 16 run, which uh, their last trip to the tournament was a Sweet 16 run back in 2011. And Coach Mooney joked, oh, yeah, Grant was a song sophomore that year. Grant Golden is in his sixth year. He is, I think, eligible to become a tenured professor this summer if he plays his cards right. You got to like what Richmond did this past weekend, winning four games in four days, guys. And they will play another team that had to win four games in four days in Iowa. Even though the, the Hawkeyes have Keegan Murray, who is a first-team All-American, it's going to be very tough for Richmond to contain him. It might be a little too tall of a task, but you have to like what Richmond has brought to the table. Jacob Gilliard, most outstanding player in the A-10 tournament. He is the kind of guard who is capable of putting teams on his shoulders during the NCAAs and during a tournament setting. I wouldn't be surprised to see Richmond break through to the Sweet 16 this week. I think the other local team, quote-unquote, that we uh, talk about a lot is Virginia Tech. They had to win four games in four days. They take on a Texas team that lost three straight entering the uh, NCAA tournament. So in their, in their first year under Chris Beard, they had – top five expectations at the beginning of the year. They haven't played to that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Virginia Tech pull an upset. Mike Young seemingly has had that program a year ahead of schedule every year he's been there. So those are two locals and two things that I think you should be keeping your eyes on the next couple of days. I would yeah, think that Virginia Tech wouldn't be an upset. I've seen most people pick Virginia Tech in their right. brackets, and quite frankly, that was the biggest – uh, complaints about the seating that I heard uh, after uh, on selection Sunday. So uh, I don't even think that would be an upset. I think a lot of people pick uh, Virginia tech to win that game in the five twelve that that happens every year. Right. So would Richmond really be an upset? That, and that and Tennessee, Tennessee being a three was a little question mark, but that proves to you that they had the brackets done before they got to the sec final. And look, Hey, talking about Iowa, nobody trusts the Big Ten. It's amazing every year. What they haven't won since what 2000, right, Dave? Yeah, 2000. And last year they had nine schools in the bit in the uh, NCAA tournament. Only one, Michigan, reached the second weekend. Yeah, so, they got when, nine this year too. And it's it's nice to have those berths, but you got to get to the second weekend. I Lamar thought, Butler, Dave. Lamar Butler, Dave. Yes, I, I uh, George Mason. Lamar Butler, Mason. Okay. Senior. All right. All right. Here's the guy. I thought Michigan and maybe Rutgers and maybe even Indiana, one of those three schools shouldn't have made the field. And I think 
a Dayton or a VCU should have made the field. That did not happen. That's you want the you want the big best take of the day. Rutgers is going to lose tonight to Maryland's next head coach, Mike Bray. Write that down. Oh, right wow. you, think, you think it's Bray? Okay. Ooh, okay. I like that. Wallace off the top rope. Now, That's well, the top, but, but is that coming from – you're a Maryland booster, right, Mr. Wallace? A Maryland grad anyway? So maybe yeah. maybe you got some insight. Well, well he, yeah, he'd be a local, with, be a local guy. Let's stick with grad. We're not going to go the booster route. Let's just stay with it. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's afraid of donating money. To see that, that now is true right. colors. Money where your mouth Right, right. The, the uh, well, I've already made my position clear on my alma mater. Until you go back to Towson State, nobody from. <laughs> right. State, but anyway, they would have made the tournament. They would have made right. the tournament as Towson State. Right. Yes, that. Amen to that. They would have exactly done that. Uh, Bob Woodfork, you got you got a wild thought. Of- uh, I, I mean, I don't know that I'm uh, given anything that is uh, particularly hot takey, but I mean, I agree with a lot of what uh, was said about uh, Maryland needing to really hit this higher out of the park. I mean, that's going to be something that is going to really determine the future of this uh, of this program. And uh, and I've said this in this space before, but Georgetown, uh, they, they've got to get away from the John Thompson era. They need to get whoever is the best person for the job and not not necessarily who is, uh, you know, the best option uh, that used to be anywhere near John Thompson, the second. So, I mean, that's that's all I got. I mean, I got my. I got my bracket filled out. I don't know how accurate it is or isn't, but, um, you know, I like Gonzaga to go all the way. And uh, I got both KUs in my final four. Here's the question. Here's the question. We let, you know, talk about Patrick Ewing real quick. Okay. Oh, and 20 to finish the year. Oh, and 19 to big East. You're going to make some changes to the staff. You had some young, you had the big East freshman of the um, preseason freshman of the year. At what, you know, and he signed that quote unquote extension, just like Mark Mm -hmm. did Maryland. Okay, fine. But what next year, like, what is, what, is, I mean, you can't go anywhere but up, okay, obviously. <laughs> you know, oh, so at oh, what point, oh. like, what do you deem, what is successful next year that he keeps going? I mean, I guess that's my, you know what I mean? Like, you win the Big East well, tournament, I, and then you go over, and then wh- where do you go next year to see that you're, that they want to to stay i can't imagine that anything less than being middle of the pack in the big east would keep him another season i mean another losing campaign i think would would sort of be the nail in the proverbial coffin yeah and because it's it's not the big east that we grew up on and that's that's why i wonder if georgetown can ever be a national power again not so much uh anything against whoever tries to turn it into one but it's because you don't have the players saying, I want to play in the Big East like they once did. I mean, the Big right. East was a made-for-TV uh, East Coast uh, phenomenon that was that was created as just that, the, the Providences, the, the St. John's in New York, et cetera. Uh, Chris Mullen, uh, who I just saw out in, in Golden State, he played for St. John's. I, I, you know, We're not going to see the Big East have its day again, and you wonder if Georgetown, because of that, will ever rise – I don't think it will ever rise to what it once did, but it has to be at least middle of the pack in the conference that competes. And again, credit Virginia Tech. That's a great story. Hmm. And when I talk about local basketball, I realize that it's not just inside the belt way, but I do believe it's critical for the real interest to get ginned up again for us not to go too long without a team that's going to compete in the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, this – 
area, local area, when I'm talking about the Beltway now, will become just like it really is for college football. We huff and we puff and we have a couple good starts to a Maryland season and we run into Penn State and it's, it's all over in football. And that's with all due respect. It's just, you know, you're not on the same level as those teams. No, I mean, and, you're, we said and that that's the thing, like, that's, that's, that, that's, that's a huge point because, and this is Damon Evans, you know, 10-year legacy, whatever you want to call it, at Maryland, uh, you know, with this hire as well. And, you know, I, I guess the next, the, 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 the quote-unquote new assistant or whatever, I get it, but the, you, need to, you need to go big at this one. I know there's a lot of talk about what kind of program Maryland is, I mean, I'll argue to, the, to forever that they're a top 15, 20 program and they can be, and they should be to Dave's point about this area and what the recruiting hotbed is. Uh, you know, you keep hearing about that and it's proven that it can be done. So he needs to absolutely 100% get this right. You had a head start on this, you know, from December, early December when Mark quit on them. Uh, so you, you've had a chance to do your homework. I just hope that he's doing his homework and and gets this thing right. What are you laughing at? What I'm laughing at you, Mark. Quit on him. I mean, the little little jab right in there while you're. Did he not quit on the? Did he not quit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he kind of uh, left. That, that seemed mutual, didn't it? Well, the the uh, whether it was mutual or not. Going too. Okay, uh, it's, I'll a say look, I'll it's say a bad look to walk out on the team. Seven. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. And and to George's point, to George's point, can it be done at Maryland? Absolutely, because I witnessed it when Gary Williams came in and took over the program, it, it's about as low as you could get that the program at that point. Uh, I mean, we're still very close to the, that was the post bias era. It didn't work out with Bob Wade. He comes in, they were still getting hit with, with sanctions and, and uh, issues. And he willed that program, not only to national prominence, but a national title. And he did it uh, the right way. So it can be done, but you're going to have to have a coach who's going to come in and give a commitment like Gary Williams did, because mm -hmm. that's where the program is now. Uh, not as bad as it was 30 years ago, but in terms of the level of competition it's facing, uh, you're going to need somebody with that kind of commitment. But also Gary, Gary gave it some TLC that I don't know somebody from the outside would. I mean, that was a guy who uh, was an alum and, uh, and, and quite frankly, what he did was so remarkable that I don't know that that's something that could be replicated. So even though it's not as bad as it was back then, like, that's success. That's uh, that, that that's hard to replicate. And this is a this is a sleeping giant. This market is a sleeping giant when it comes to basketball. We love basketball in the D.C. area. We just haven't had a team in yeah. a while that uh, that that puts that out on display on a national level. And no, no, this is expectations for this program. It, you know, they, they, are they a blue blood? No, uh, but. I think the reasonable expectations for Maryland, and this is why Mark Turgeon did not work out at the University of Maryland, was you got to get to Saturday in the conference tournament. You got to get to the second weekend in the NCAAs. Not every year, but enough so that everybody, who, every guy that you bring into school plays in at least one Sweet 16 over his four-year tenure. They've been to one Sweet 16 in the last, I think, 15, 18 years. So, you know, even the last seven years under Gary Williams, they, they were unable to get to the second weekend. So there, there, there is a standard, and whoever comes in knows that they have to meet it. They also know that whoever comes in also has to have the thick skin that Mark Turgeon did not, and the ability to know that, you know, football's a thing, but it's not a focus of this school. So right. all their anxiety, unlike at Ohio State or Michigan State or Michigan or Penn State, 
in the Big Ten, all the Maryland anxiety is focused on men's basketball and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and how they're getting hosed by the Big Ten and how this ref has it in for them and how they're not getting the right guy. So whoever comes in and takes this job has to have a thicker skin than what Mark Turgeon had. And it's funny right. because it's funny to talk about football, and that's where they've put all the money lately with the yeah. football program, with the, the Cole Fieldhouse and everything. I know basketball is going to get their practice facility, and that's a big part of this too. And I think them being able to tell the next coach that they've raised that money for it uh, is going to be big as well. All right. Is that a Maryland golf shirt you're wearing, George? Yes, sir. Oh, love it. <laughs> but remember, he's a well, grad. playing this weekend. We're not playing this weekend, so – to be fair, I brought my uh, Chloe Bibby bobblehead so that okay, you know, okay. we, we have right. to represent the women's bracket as yep. well. I got Maryland yep. winning it all in the women's uh, bracket, by the way. And the guys, if we, can, if, if, if we can take a time out and talk about the uh, women's team, Maryland gets to host the uh, first uh, weekend of the tournament, I think, for the ninth time in 12 years. Uh, they weren't able to do so last year, obviously, because everything was held at a neutral site in, uh, in Texas. Two years ago, they would have hosted, but uh, due to the pandemic they're playing just they're playing as well as anybody in the country they are a very i guess uh slim team this year as far as players they've lost a couple players due to injury so a very slim bench i guess you know limited bench but they have as much talent as anybody else in in, in the nc2a and they should get to the round of 16 which will be held in spokane but they have to play a virginia tech women's basketball team sunday if maryland advances uh Friday. So two tough tests ahead for coach Brenda Freeze's team, but I think they're more than up for it. And I think they're going to have a great crowd this weekend at Xfinity center because you've got a, a fantastic fan base that comes out and supports this team. And they haven't been able to in the last three years. Yeah, no. And, and I, I think I have a good vibe about this Maryland basketball team. This, maybe this uh, means nothing, or it's another one of my crackpot theories, but I'm almost glad they lost to Indiana in the big 10 yeah. tournament. Get, get that, get that out of your system. Uh, they, they've certainly, they're, they're playing a style of basketball that's, that's attractive, that's fun to watch. And, and there seems to be, um, a certain chemistry about this team. And, uh, I, I gotta admit, I love playing Chloe Bibby, uh, sound bites on WTOP because we don't have enough Australians getting on the, the air. So that's great. We want to keep her parents in this country cheering on. So it should be fun. And, and, I guess played, one... and Brenda played a heck of a schedule, really, really yes. hard schedule this year, which was that's what... huge. And to your point, they've been in every Big Ten championship game of the seven years. They had four; they were four and two. So maybe that's better this year. They did, Dave. To your point, losing early on, and they're battle tested for sure. Yeah, that's the the last they're definitely battle tested. Yeah, no, that, that's just it. Lost in a uh, conference quarterfinal was 2014. They wound up advancing to the Final Four that year. It's not okay. like teams from the West Coast playing at one, but it's it's a thing. Close. Yeah. All right, final thought on, on anything. I'll just throw out a Washington football team. J.D. McKissick is on the way out. They, they need the – Dave's need another favorite player. Hey, well, he's Buffalo Bassett, yes. But, uh, I, you know, they don't have much cap space. I think they uh, Daryl Williams from Kansas City, I think, is an option they should go for in the free agent market because uh, yes, they also lost uh, the offensive line, but I think they need to go to free agency to try to find a running back. Any other thoughts guys, before we wrap uh, up this week's tunnel? He, he, he made it clear. Ron did this off season's about a quarterback. He went down, they panicked. They got Carson Wentz before and before being shut out again. And that's just what it's going to be. I mean, could they have afforded JD McKissick? Absolutely. At three and a half million dollars a year. Look, 
And but according to uh, Ben at the uh, standing at the athletic, he said they were under the impression they were going to get a chance to match. But J.D. said, I'm not they didn't give him a chance to match the offer. Come back to it. Look, Buffalo's a contender. He's going to go play with Josh Allen. You can't be mad at that. It, who knows what's going to happen here? So it's a matter of this. I don't think you're going to see much action elsewhere on the market. The 28 out of 33 million was for Carson Wentz this year. Landon Collins is going to save six. So you'd have to, you know, eight million or so. You re-signed uh, Bobby McCain yesterday. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be slim. I think. I think this is all free agent was all about getting that quarterback and whether or not they got that quarterback or not. They they got somebody to play the position. Whether or not they have the guy that's going to lead them to the next level, we don't know. But I don't think you're going to see much in free agent. And it's funny because we were talking about how they needed to hurry up and get a quarterback because this is their window and what have you. And then they panicked and then they did it too soon. I mean, you could probably get Baker Mayfield. I think he's objectively a better uh, a better option than Carson Wentz is. And uh, certainly you could have gotten into this uh, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And I know that there's a lot of off the field stuff that uh, that has to be taken into account. But, I mean, purely from a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson would be the home run that they desperately needed to get. And you know that with uh, with Heineke, even if there is a suspension attached to Watson, you know that Heineke is a guy that can fill in for four games, five games, six games, and you'll be okay even if you're not in great shape. So they, this they, they swung badly. They whiffed badly on this quarterback and it's, it's adversely affected their ability to build up the rest of the roster. Two free agents that I think that they should be targeting right now that I doubt that they have the money for. Bobby Wagner, who could be a, land, a, a London Fletcher 2.0 sort of deal here. And, uh, and, and also, they, they, I thought that the um, Trubisky move at quarterback, in addition to drafting one, was going to be their best course of action if they couldn't get uh, Deshaun Watson or one of the big fish. So um, I, it's <laughs> uh, you got a big hole at right guard. Now you've lost more in free agency than you've gained. And uh, it, it, I, I mean, it looks like they've taken a step back just based on what we've seen from them so far. All right. Audible at, the, audible at the line of scrimmage before I jump off and do uh, the sports cast. First uh, play is uh, we talk quarterback. Last week, my analogy of a used car, just like when you drive off the lot, it depreciates immediately. That's what this deal has done. And Washington spending too much on their used car. They're eating ramen noodles for the next year as far as salary cap wise. Two, Rob gave his final four. Mine is very similar. I've got Kansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and I've got Texas Tech advancing from the West in a great story right there. Third, Alex Ovechkin flying a 767, more than just a jet. It's his career total and goals. He reaches the milestone now third all time. The key for the Caps in this next month, they're probably going to make the playoffs unless there's a massive collapse. Will they be in gear for the postseason? That's what we need to keep our eyes on over the next month. All right. There we have it. Another feel-good edition of the DC Sports Huddle, sponsored by <laughs> MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. With Dave Preston, George Wallace, Rob Woodfork, I'm Dave Johnson. Better news ahead, I think. Well, let's just break the huddle today. Break. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. 
Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.